Hey, what's up, everybody? Trey Llewellyn here. And man, I got to tell you, it's been an absolute blessing to have all these amazing people on the podcast. And today I am presenting what's amazing is Drew Canoli. So from episode 14 podcast of Commerce Kings, his mentor, the guy that said the one man that changed his life, Jim Fortin. So man, Jim, I'm so excited to have you on here. And I can't wait to like, you've listed some really amazing things that you and I kind of talked behind scenes about already sure but why don't you go ahead and say hi to everyone hey everybody how are you it's a pleasure to be here and if i'm true to form my job today is to get people to start shifting your thinking and i don't mean raw raw but shifting your thinking about how they even show up and, and perform in life so i'm excited to do that well let's let's just start there i'm down so okay. let's, how do you do that um you're a marketer so you probably have heard of the five levels of market sophistication i don't know if you have or you haven't but tell me about those you haven't heard about those? No. Every, mar every marketer should know these. These were created uh, by or, or discovered or written by Eugene Schwartz back in the, I believe, the 70s. Um, he has a book called Breakthrough Advertising. One of my yes. good friends I've known for a lot of years. I know who you know. I know you know who he is. Maybe you even know him. A guy named Rich Sheffrin. Um, you know, I've known Rich before he got in internet marketing, and he's the one who turned me on the breakthrough advertising. But there are five levels of market sophistication. Most people don't even know what level they are. And I know I don't. Think we're going to talk about marketing today but my unique mechanism which is level four uh, level three and four is that you hear all the all the all the speakers out here saying you've got to work till your eyeballs bleed and you've got to you know work hard and all this kind of stuff but you see people working till their eyeballs bleed and they're not making any more money they're actually yeah. driving themselves into the ground where i work from is you've got to actually shift your unconscious identity and most people don't think of it that way mm -hmm. if you don't shift who you are at a core paradigm level it doesn't matter how much you work. And not only that, if at the core, the core level, the unconscious level, if you're poor, you can work 100 hours a week and you're still going to be poor. So let's just hit it hard. The first thing I want people to take away, doesn't matter what you do. What matters is who you are at the unconscious level because it always retriculates in the behavior. So if you want to create better results, start actually working from characteristics and ways of being that create the results that you want. Mm. So... Shift who you are at your core level. Unconscious level, whatever your paradigms are. Exactly. I love that. And and you know, you, you, we've been around, we've seen so many entrepreneurs and they're all chasing the buck and they're all working hard and all this kind of stuff. And they're still not making even six figures. It's because at the core level, they're not a six figure, seven figure, eight figure earner like Drew is, which you started with. Right. So we were, we had Drew Cannoli on and then we always ask a question behind the scenes. It's, you know, who's, who's your number one mentor that's changed your life? And he mentioned you. And that's why we're, I'm so excited to have you on here because to know like, okay, so why do you feel that Drew said that about you? I, you know, I've coached, I've mentored Drew and I've coached Drew. Number one is I understand him. Secondly, he will tell you that anytime he gets into some situation, he can call me and I can get him out of it in a couple of minutes because I know his patterns. I know how he thinks. I know his sequences. Um, why he said that, I, I, I didn't even know he said it. I mean, we've known each other for years, but I didn't know that Drew had said that. It's that I've been able to create shifts in him at an unconscious level. Uh, now, mind you, he's very driven himself. I mean, that's why he's created this company that makes, I don't know, 100 million a year or whatever it is. So he's got it in his DNA. But I'm able, when he calls, because I've coached him personally, to see where his blind spots are and to remove those very quickly so that he can keep on moving at the speed that he's moving at. If I how had to guess. Yeah, how do you create shifts from an unconscious level? Like, how do you personally do it for others? 
Well, you, you've been around the block. I mean, come on, we've known a lot of the same people for years and you see people like Tony Robbins out there and they, and they all talk about doing all these things. So let me give you an example here. Tony Robbins has built his business on three words, take massive action. You've heard that a bazillion times, right? Mm -hmm. What's never addressed in his message that I know of, and we used to speak at the same events, but what's never addressed is if I tell you to take massive action, what I look at is at an unconscious level, are you the kind of person that sees yourself in your identity as being somebody who can take massive action? Mm. So you can go to an event, you can get fired up, rah, rah, rah. Three days later, you're back to your old patterns again because it's not in your, it's not in your operational system to right. take massive action. So we have to shift that at a core level. So with people like Drew or anybody, I know how to shift that at a core level by just by listening and coaching them through it. So and it's not always as easy as flipping a switch. Sometimes I've got to go, you know, looking for things unconsciously, but I'm also um, a master hypnotist and people don't know that that's actually legitimized and endorsed by Harvard and Stanford and Yale and Columbia and the Mayo Clinic. So I show people how to get into their own minds to, to shift these patterns. Do you get, how do you do that? A couple of ways. One, I can simply do it by talking to people and actually knowing how to, well, I'm just, I'll just lay it out. Um, I know how to get into people's minds listen to their subjective beliefs and how to actually, let me give you an example. Let's say that you had some belief that I can't do something. What I'm doing is I'm looking for what I call a counter example of that, a time that you did do something, but we tend to discount that a lot. So it's called, yeah. it's called a counter example. I can't do X, Y, Z. Well, give me a time in the past when you thought you couldn't do something and then actually you did it. And then I use that to bust your belief that you can't do something. So I'm always actually playing verbal jujitsu around people to shift the belief consciously, which frees them of that limitation. Verbal jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that. And then how, so, so, so with that, so you're, you're talking to people, you're looking for examples of when they did that. And then how, how do they, how do you make them anchor into that to say, you know what, you're right, Jim, like I should be able to, to do that and create that shift enough to where they can go out and achieve that result. You don't have to. Once you bust the belief, the person lets go of it. Let me give you an example. There's another pattern that I use called hierarchy of criteria. What I encounter with most entrepreneurs, and I mean most, this is not you and I, but a lot of people out there, is that they get into fear. People's two biggest fears are, am I going to be abandoned and am I good enough? Basically, are people going to judge me for being good enough and are they going to reject me? What a lot of entrepreneurs get into is I love what I do. I've got this training or coaching or whatever it is. I want to put it out there and I really believe in what I do, but people are going to judge me. So then what I do is I actually put them in a bind saying, you've only got one or two choices. You can either actually embrace the judgment and you know what, because that's what people are going to do anyway. You can embrace the judgment and go help people and make a lot of money, or you can embrace um, the fear and make no money. So right now you can only pick A or B, which are you going to pick? And if I know that actually serving people is a high value because we work from our values, they will drop the fear and walk through it because it's a higher value to them to help people because it makes them feel good and they drop the fear of judgment automatically. Let me give you an example here. We talk about Drew Cannoli, right? Mm -hmm. Drew called me and you know, Drew was big on YouTube for a lot of years and you know, Drew, Drew's coming to staying at my house this weekend. We're personal friends and he would not mind me sharing this. Years ago, he called me and he's like, I am so sick and tired of people judging me because, you know, on YouTube, there's a lot of haters and you know, we know that, you know, yeah. 
And I said, you know what? Probably all the guys. They're probably just jealous. All right, all the girls probably. Got all the girls. Own. Yeah. Their girlfriends. That, because he's always shooting videos with his shirt off. But, <laughs> um, but here's what I said. I said, you know what? No matter what you do, and everyone listen to this, because this will free a lot of people. No matter what you do, people will judge you. That's what people do. They're meaning-making machines. The biggest mistake that most people make is they try to avoid judgment. And so because they try to avoid judgment, they never do anything. What I tell people, that's a broken strategy. Embrace judgment because you know you're going to be judged anyway. So like Drew, why not go do what you love to do because you're going to be judged anyway? And let me take this one more step to help because this is a big obstacle for a lot of your people. In my transformational coaching program, the very first week, I post a video of Elvis singing Unchained Melody, which in my interpretation, it's a very powerful rendition. And all that I say is, what do you think of Elvis in this video? That's all that I say. All these comments, powerful. I mean, oh my God, how pathetic he's that fat. It's so sad, amazing voice, but he let himself go. And then what I tell people later after they put all their comments, this dude died 42 years ago. He changed music and you're sitting here 42 years later judging him. If Elvis is going to get judged, you're going to get judged. So if you're trying to avoid judgment, dude, you're not going to go anywhere in life because that's what we do. So own, invite the judgment. And when you do that, it becomes a lot easier to get through. How do you, how do you personally uh, embrace the judgment? I don't care. I know that sounds, that sounds I, literally, I don't care because I already know people are going to judge me. People are watching right now saying this guy's the biggest asshole in the world or this, wow, this is great. I love this. People sure. are going to judge. So you know what? You could, right now, people are judging Donald Trump. They judged Obama. They're judging Matt Damon's last movie. They're judging Elvis 42 years ago. They're judging your podcast. They're judging me. So if I get into that and even 1%, I'm not going to put my stuff out there. And I help people. So why wouldn't I just go help and do what I do and let them judge away? Mm. And you know, it's generally the people judging are the ones sitting on the sideline judging people who are putting themselves out there. Yeah. So would this be an example of an exercise that you teach to your clients that are able to kind of what you said is like, I don't know if you said hypnotize themselves, but listen to train and talk to them, talk through things. Well, here's the thing. Once we get, once somebody has that, like, aha, I get it. Once somebody fully embraces that, no matter what I do, people are going to judge me. Yeah. Then guess what? It's easy to let it go. Sure. Um, for example, it's no big deal. You probably drive on a McLaren or something. I don't know. But, you know, I drive, in, I drive in, well, Drew does. And I drive a nice Porsche. Some people are going to judge and say, that's a nice car. Some people are going to judge and say, that guy's an asshole. Yeah, or what, that's what people do. So why don't I just drive what I want to drive? Yeah. And by the way, I don't know if I can say asshole in your podcast, but I did. Well, we did. Okay, uh, very good. You know, it's interesting that you say that is because, uh, frankly, my dad was an insurance agent and he would buy the same truck, the same color, just a different, just a different year because he didn't want to be judged uh, as someone who was wealthy in the insurance world because he thought his clients would leave him because they thought that they were giving them too much money. So like some limiting belief hit him in one point of his life that I remember him always saying, I was always like, why do you just keep buying the same truck, the same color and don't get something different? And he's like, Oh, I'll be judged. And so well, look at it's it this interesting way. that you say that. The flip side is you, me, and people like Drew and other people on your podcast, I want to do business with people that are very, very successful. Mm. So if I've got to pick somebody that's very, very successful or somebody in an old pickup truck, even if it's an old one, I'm going to pick the person who's very successful. I'm judging them, but they're the ones I want to do business with. 
Mm, I love that. What are some other strategy and steps that can help uh, create breakthroughs for uh, listeners? This, I just did an interview prior, and this is what I teach in all of my transformational stuff. The biggest tool, it's something that so many people shy away from, Drew does not, but the biggest tool that people can learn is how to reprogram their subconscious mind. Oh, Research okay. demonstrates that um, 95% of decisions you make, this is, um, this is a Max Planck Institute, world-class research, 95% of everything that you do is brain-based, habit-driven. There's no conscious thought, thought to it. The most powerful things that people can do is learn to recondition habits and learn to recondition subconscious paradigms. You hear all the time the motivational speakers talk about habit, but very few people understand that habit is reptilian brain. And whatever you have in your life right now, like for example, you woke up this morning. If you notice your behavior this morning, you did, you did pretty much everything in the same order you did yesterday. Whatever it was you did, coffee, bathroom, newspaper, checking, there's always a sequence. But you don't have to get up and say, well, what is my sequence this morning? It happens just like that. Right. Well, whatever you create in your business, like the success you created, you created through un, uh, unconscious brain-based habits. But you see other people that they're struggling away, working 60 hours a week, and they're still making $47,000 a year. What are their habits of thinking? What are their habits of behavior? So focus on the habits. Don't focus on the end result, which is what everyone focuses on, and they never get there. What you look at is what habits do I need to create that's going to create the outcome that I want for me. People say that you get, you know, you, you get your goals. You don't get your goals. 98% of people never achieve their goals. You get your brain-based habits and that's where people need to work. Mm. That's fantastic. By the way, this is science-based. I mean, I'm not just sitting here spouting stuff off. I mean, there's tons of research on this, but, but no one really talks about it for the most part that I've, I've noticed. No, that's fantastic. Where do you, where do you get your research? Like, where do you even read about this scientific stuff? At? I'm a geek when it comes to uh, like behavioral psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, neuropsychology, anything having to do with, with neuro stuff. I'm, I'm reading it. Uh, and a lot of times it's drudging through a lot of material that's pretty extraneous and I might get one nugget out of it, but I'm always looking for, and then being a hypnotist for 20 something years, I don't do it now, but I did years ago. I'm always looking for, like I told you, like Max Planck Institute, it's proven by watching uh, blood flow in the brain with MRIs that when you're making a decision, your brain has already made your decision for you, even while you consciously think you're making a decision. And to demonstrate that even further, how people operate on autopilot. What do you drive anyway? I don't know. You drive a, a Porsche or something? What do you drive? <laughs> I drive a Maserati. <laughs> a Maserati. There, duh, there we go. Okay. So when you're in your Maserati and I'm in my Porsche and you're, by the way, where do you live? Like what St. city? Louis. We're out St. Louis. Okay, got it. So when you're actually, you're in your Maserati and you're driving up and the light goes from yellow to red. If you're in your Maserati, you might want to run the yellow light, but what do you do? I run the yellow light. Okay, you run the yellow light. But here's what happens. Is when the light goes from yellow to red, we don't sit there and analytically say, oh my gosh, what happened? It went from yellow to red. What does that mean to me? Because you can be sitting there listening to your music, listening to a podcast, whatever, and you unconsciously with no analytical thought, you stop or you run through it, but you, you know what it means, right? Right. So we, we operate all day long on autopilot, but no one ever addresses that because they're too busy listening to the motivational speakers talking about pumping them up and rah, rah, and working until your eyeballs bleed until you recondition those unconscious habits and the unconscious paradigm, nothing's going to shift for you. And I mean, nothing is going to shift. 
for people. Man. So like, so the where, where I live is I got highway and then I got about a 10 minute back road that goes like into the whatever. It's like windy, crazy. You can't be on your cell phone kind of thing. Yeah. But more than not, what's interesting about that last piece of the journey is that's when I go into this like trance and I Correct. totally subconsciously drive. And Correct. I stay within the lanes. I stay within the lines. I go the speed limit. But I can tell you that I don't remember driving from the time that I entered to the time that I'm like realistically pulling in the neighborhood. It's you a, nailed our time together 100% with that metaphor, which I've used before. You've got a meeting, you're driving across town. You're not paying attention to any of the driving, but you get there safely and you don't remember the past 15 minutes. This is a huge takeaway for everyone. How did you get there? Your unconscious mind drove you. Yep. So, because it knows the terrain, it knows the territory in your life. What, it's driving you. It's driving every one of us right now. So it drives you and it drives 95% of you, but you analytically prefrontal cortex, people think, oh, I need to take massive action or I need to do this or I need to do that. But they never do it because it's not consistent with who they are subconsciously. Mm. You change that, everything changes. That's, that's fantastic. This is super interesting stuff. So how long does it take to change your or recondition your habits? It, it, also, there's a lot of research on this. I tell people it depends upon motivation. Uh, years ago, my buddy Brad, his girl was drinking, Brad was drinking every day, 25 years ago. Kristen said, Brad, you drink one more night, I'm going to leave you. Brad stopped the very next day. So he had motivation to stop. <laughs> so a lot of motivation to stop. And he did. But that was a habit that he had, which, which was even chemical to some degree for a long time. Research demonstrates that when we go to recondition ourselves, it takes 67 days for a behavior um, any behavior to become completely rote and automatic with no conscious thought. I've noticed it can take 67. It can take 10. Depends upon the level of motivation of the person. Well, like for instance, uh, so I'll talk about this a lot yeah. is someone will come to me. So what I do, what my superpower is, yours is hypnotherapy and some like crazy terms that you could probably go hours on. My superpower is, is funnels and optimization and uh, you know, yeah. building stuff. And so, you know, it, but, but my, but my superpower is not uh, working out, is not getting fit. So to compare me and Drew, Drew is like superior on a fit level than, than what I am. I'm motivated to get fit, but the deal is, is Drew is like 10 X more motivated than I apparently am. And when people say, well, why are you so successful? I say, because I'm more motivated than you. And it's just like the guy in the gym. Like I might be at the gym, but I look at that dude who's fit is he's, totally way more motivated than I am or else I would look like that guy yeah. at the end of the day. So I guess my question is, is how do I, in that regards, how do I recondition my habits to make sure within 67 days that I'm now roped into a habit where I'm working out and I'm fit like Drew? Like I can, I can do YouTube videos with my shirt off. That'd be a new hit. Okay. So Drew's coming here this weekend. He's staying here. And last time he was here, he's like, let's go to the gym. And I, I belong to a private health club. And I'm like, I'm just telling, I told him this too, but I'm like, there is no way I'm taking my clothes off in front of you. I ain't doing it in the locker room, man, because he's in great shape. I can get angry and dressed in front of you. It's all values and habits. Yes. Uh, have you noticed that when you are working out and you're in the habit of it, a very simple word, it happens for you automatically. You just get your gym back and you go. When you're not in the habit of it, you don't do it. So something I said earlier that you missed, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, everyone misses it. Whatever you have in life, 
is because you're in the habit of having it. Whatever you don't have in life is because you are in the habit of not having it. It is as simple as that, but it's so simple that people miss it. So if I, you know, if I were coaching you, you said, well, how do I get in shape again? Let's break it down. Number one, it has to be a high value. You have to commit to it. And also we have to work on commitment because you can say you commit, but you don't really follow through. Right. So it has to be a high value. So right now, working out and being in great shape is not a high value to you because if it was, you would do it. I would be in shape. You'd be, in, you'd be <laughs> like group. So it's not a high value. So we have to make it a high value and go through a process of that. But then what I would do is I'd start you on small little habits. What a lot of people do is when they want to create a lot of change, they got big problems and look for big solution. It doesn't work because we usually fail. So let's say somebody, which somebody's 40 pounds overweight, 30, whatever. They want to tackle the world and they want to tackle their diet. They want to tackle the gym. I tell people start small, start two or three days a week. That is it. No need to tackle the world, less habituated. And then my podcast actually, which is coming out tomorrow is about people like people want motivation to work out. And that's the metaphor that I use. Here's the mistake that a lot of people make is I want to work out, but I'm not motivated to do it. So because I'm not motivated to do it, therefore I don't do it. What precedes the motivation is, you know what, you have to be committed because then what happens is week three, week four, you take your shirt off and you're like, well, I'm looking a little better here. Now you're actually creating your, your motivation internally because you're seeing results and that keeps you motivated and the motivation comes, but it comes after the commitment. So the mistake that everyone makes is many want the motivation first, never comes, therefore they never start, therefore they never create self-perpetuating uh, motivation. Go back so to, because I'm going to miss it again. I want you to slow down. So whatever you have in life is because you're in the habit of having it. You're in the habit. You're in the habit. I'm making, I'm right. I'm slowing this down for everybody. Else to you're in the habit of having it. And the reverse that whatever you don't have is right. because you are in the habit of having it. Yes. That's great. Did you come up with that? That's excellent. Yeah, no, it's, I, I've done this for a long time. I, 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 Number one, that's my, my, my wheel of genius. It's, it's my, I don't like that word, but it's just, it's my zone. It's my wheelhouse. So this stuff comes to me very naturally. That's fantastic. Okay. So big problem, big solution. And then, uh, and don't, don't, that's a gorilla kind of way, like eating an elephant, right? All at once versus little small chunks. Exactly. And some people can do that, but most can't. Most no, will yeah. fall right off. You know, they'll, they'll start and they'll fall right off track. That's why I say start small and start working from little bitty increments and build as you go. Yeah. What would you say to people who like, I mean, we really haven't hit it yet, but like the hypnosis piece of the whole deal that you, you do like there's all right. Funny story is the guy behind the camera you can't see right now is Jared. So Jared didn't believe in hypno hypnosis and we had a hypnosis come. It was more of like a comedy hypnosis. Yep, and yep. Jared's like, well, I, I don't believe in hypnosis, but I'm willing to try, which is that's the first obviously obstacle, right? He's willing. So he sits down in front of the stage along with 15 others and come to find out, Jared's hypnosable. What if that's, uh, yeah. it can go under hypnosis. Yeah. And what the funny part was is Jared didn't, what did you say? You didn't, you didn't feel like you could get hypno hypnotized at the end of it. The guy didn't know this, the hypnotist didn't know this, but he's like, Jared, you're going to, one of your legs cut off. Oh, you're going to have jelly legs and you're not going to be able to stand. You got to crawl back to your chair. And the whole audience knows Jared that Jared has a bad knee. And Jared, Jared can't get jelly legs. Yeah. Like it just isn't part of him. And so we're just kind of sitting back like, how's this going to go down? 
Like, is Jared just going to kind of stand up and just walk back? Or is something else happened? Right. Come, come to find out, Jared can have jelly legs. So Jared gets out of the chair and starts crawling. And we're just like watching this. We're all videotaping because it's like, dude, you, you, like, you're not going to believe this, but you somehow crawled across the floor. Like you're able to get hypnotized. Like it was absolutely stunning. So, so I guess the naysayers, what I'm saying is, is, uh, are you guys, are you there sitting with a clock or are you going no. through, uh, no. you know, Jared, and I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but listen to this. Okay. Jared said, I don't believe in hypnosis, but you know what Jared's never done is gotten online and done research and found Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Columbia, the National Institute of Health, Mayo Clinic, the American Medical Association years ago, the British Medical, the American Dental, the American Psychological, the American Psychiatric Associations all endorse it. Wow. So a lot of people don't, they don't do the research and they just say, well, I don't believe in it. Well, right. hypnosis literally is nothing more than a state of mind, but it's where we're working with lower brainwave function, whether it be alpha or theta. And all that we're doing with hypnosis, literally, um, no, I'm not waving a watch or any of that. <laughs> uh, I just use induction to take people in the, in the hypnosis or to show them how to actually go into self-hypnosis themselves without me leading them. And then all you have to do, it's so simple, and I know you know some resemblance to this, but all you have to do is visualize what you want to be different when you're in that state. And it literally just, and over and over and over, and it reprograms your subconscious mind. This is the most valuable tool documented. I mean, National Institute of Health, for every soldier that comes back from war, or everyone that doesn't come back, three come back and kill themselves. Right. Hypnosis is extremely effective at eliminating PTSD, um, mm -hmm. anxiety. Right now, 40 million Americans live with, with, live with anxiety. They go to the doctor, here, take this medication. Well, if that always worked, then people would take it and they wouldn't have anxiety, but they still have anxiety. You can eliminate this stuff by learning how to use your mind, which is what self-hypnosis does. And I don't promote myself as a hypnotist. I mean, I used to be a hypnotherapist. I don't promote myself that way. But I teach people, forget all this crap that you're hearing from all these people out here that are making money off from you, that are telling you you got to go do all these things, and then you go do all these things, and then you're still broke. But that could also be programming. Uh, you drive a Maserati. I drive a brand-new Porsche 718 Cayman S. I, I love my car. Um, I just bought a brand new seven figure home in Sedona. I've got money, but I grew up poor and I grew up where, you know what? Money doesn't grow on trees and you got to struggle for money and money's hard to make and not everybody has money. And that's how I thought for a lot of years. And when I thought that way and I had this paradigm subconsciously, that was my external experience. So until you become rich at a, at a paradigm level unconsciously, you will never be rich in your external world. And I tell you that because this is commerce Kings. Yes, sir. Give you the best example. Uh, many years ago, I used to be the national speaking representative for an organization called the Learning Annex. You ever heard of them before? No. Largest seminar company in the U.S. They have these have big events, wealth expos. Come see Donald Trump live and Donald Trump, Tony Robbins, George Foreman, uh, Susie Orman. All these people were headliners. And Trump, I only listened to one of his speeches one day, and it was 10, 12 years ago. He said, "You know what? In, in 1991, um, I was walking in the streets of New York." which I don't think he walked. I think he made that part up. <laughs> but he goes, I saw a homeless person. And he goes, I recognize that that homeless person was richer than I was because they were broke and I was $2.9 billion in personal debt. Now, that's, that's verifiable. I mean, evidence. That's our, our physical world, okay? But if you look today, Trump says he's worth 10. Forbes says he's worth three. But he's probably worth $3 billion. 
how did they go from three billion in, in the red to three billion back in the black? Because his external environment changed, but you know what? What never changed is at a core fundamental unconscious paradigm level, he was always rich. Therefore, the environment always balances back to what happens at the unconscious level. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so yep, go ahead. Well, one more example, if everyone really gets this, is um, Mike Tyson. Do you know how much money he made in his career? I do not. $330 million. Do you know how much he has now? <laughs> Probably three. But it, it, last I read a while back, he was broke. Yeah. But here's the thing. Whatever you hold in your paradigm, you will do in your behavior to create in your external world. So this is what I want everyone to take, no matter how much longer we go, is when you're trying to go out there and you're trying to do things and you're trying to create things and you're still not making any money, it's not because of what you're doing, because what you're doing is only as effective as the being, meaning who you're being, that's doing the doing. And if you grew up poor and you believe money's hard to come by and you have to struggle and you have to work hard, then that's going to be your experience, even though you don't want it to be analytically. Bravo. That's amazing. So. All right, so I didn't want to interrupt you almost. No. All right, so let's go back real quick. You mentioned PTSD. Uh, I, so frankly, apparently I have PTSD. I was sued by a company for $2 million. They put my name on the lawsuit, not the company name. So I felt it was a personal lawsuit. Mm. And I, it, was a, it was a year-long litigation. And what, what happened in me was I would come to the office, work from home, whatever. But the new, the new habit was I'm just working to pay these guys. Like I'm not yeah. working for me anymore. I'm working for these guys and I'm just now an employee and I'm just like, it's no fun. And I had a hit, I had, a, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, Asher Fox. So I had Asher Fox. I don't know if you know that guy, uh, do hypnotherapy mm -hmm. on me. He did a couple hypnotherapy, which eliminated that PTSD, which was nice. Yeah. I probably still have a little bit of it, but at the end of the deal, like I was able to break through and like get motivated again and come out of my shell versus just well, like we're just going to get sued again after this lawsuit's done. Like this is not going to be fun versus who cares? I'm just going to go out and tackle the world. And yeah, those are going to come and we're just going to, you know, save money for those uh, lawsuits and just keep on pushing through. And that was when he said that over the phone, it sounds like he got PTSD. I was like, I thought that was only for veterans. I didn't realize trauma. trauma. Yeah. I didn't know that was for anybody. And so that was a really good uh, case study for my own self to know that hypnotherapy with you or with him, can, uh, can, can aid that. Uh, so that yeah, was it's trauma. Any, yeah. Anybody watching or listening, PTSD comes from trauma and that can be sexual abuse, battery, uh, abuse of the child and emotional neglect. It's not just wartime, obviously, which is very traumatic, mm -hmm. but let's take it back to your audience. Guys, ladies, I don't know your demographics entirely, but you know what? I mean, in terms of male or female, but you know what? Everything starts in the mind. And we all hear all these nonsensical platitudes on Facebook and, and these memes, but nobody really gets that it really starts at the unconscious level. And until we change that, me included you, nothing's going to change. No matter how much you want it to change, it will not. So then you, then you started talking about Trump and how his mind was, he was always rich uh, yep. or wealthy. Yep. Uh, I just watched the Netflix documentary on him called Dirty Money. And he, when he was building his companies, he would, he would be the PR guy, the manager. And yeah. he was willing to talk to magazines like TMZ kind of people in order to give them um, whatever kind of dirt they wanted. But it was in, in, um, 
but they also had to had to publish his name. And he said, I will, yeah. you can say whatever you want to say for the most part, but what you what I demand you say for me giving you this information is that you call me the the the, the billion dollar man. So Trump, the billion dollar man, uh, is is whatever. And this guy wasn't worth anything at the time he's doing the interviews, but he created this environment, like you've said, around yep. him that he was already wealthy, that he was already a billionaire. Yep. And in this interview, there's like questions. So they caught on to this. There's questions of interviews saying, Trump, how much money do you have? Are you really worth a billion? And he would say, I, I think so. I, I believe that's around, around the right number. And so it was really interesting to see that was his mindset of always make sure you list me as the billion dollar man as Trump. And that created that, that persona, which is- Let's go here. What I want everyone to take is everything that you have in life, even like your health, which I, I made a note here, your identity is not unconsciously is not of a guy that has a six pack that can change. But right now your identity is not that um, actually stand up, take your shirt off. No, I'm kidding. Don't do it. I'm, I'm really kidding. But I don't know if you caught that joke. Yeah, no, leave it on. But um, your identity, let me give you an example here. When I was young, I used to work out a lot, uh, free weights, make a long story, very, very short. There was this guy that was in phenomenal shape. I wanted to hire him as my trainer. He said he wasn't a trainer, but he said, you know what? This is just what I do. And that one line, this is just what I do. I'm like, years later, I'm like, that was his identity to be really, really fit, like Drew's. Mm -hmm. Your identity is to be wherever you are right now. So you want something different. You got to shift the identity. Trump's identity was always to be wealthy. But here's, here's the kick in the rear end for most people listening is they're going to do everything they want to do to create money, but their identity is poor because they grew up poor. Tell they shift that, nothing else is going to shift. Man, makes sense, right? Stuff. I love this. So how? Okay, so let's get into you. You mentioned a podcast. What's the podcast name? Like, how can people start just listening to you? Uh, Jim. Uh, well, actually, my website, jimforton.com. You can find it there on okay. iTunes. Just just look for my name, Jim Fortin. Um, and also, the, I call it Transform Your Life from the Inside Out. It's all uh, 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 rubber meets the road, applicable content like we're talking about now. There's no puff piece. There's no air. Every bit of it is about transformational psychology and how to apply it. That's great. And so you already mentioned that Jim Ford. And so I, I would assume that's how they would find you, Jim Ford. So are you, do you, do you, do you take on clients? Is, are you do like, do, do you do like a yearly coaching or do the monthly coaching? How do you use? No, I've got, I've got, and I can't mention their names. I've got two clients right now that are as big as Drew. Um, <clears throat> I have, I have two one-to-one -one clients and that's it. I spend most of my time in group, group, uh, group coaching programs so that I can scale so that I can reach more, uh, more people. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Programs, yeah. Most people in my programs are pretty successful already. So I feel like I can make more impact in the world by coaching people that are coaches. Like, um, I don't know if you ever heard of James Wedmore before. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was James's coach and many people at that level. So these people impact millions and I impact them as their coach. And for me, that's very satisfying because it, it, it's a ripple effect where I can help more people. You know, Drew's impacted millions and Drew will, well, obviously he told you, I was one of the biggest impacts in his life. So yeah. I enjoy that. And one-to-one -one is not scalable, as you know. I mean, I charge 25,000 one-to-one, but it's not scalable. So I prefer groups. You prefer groups. Okay. Uh, why, are you looking, why are you looking for a coach? Do always. <laughs> If you, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the reason I tell people all this all the time as you see in the behind the scenes, but the reason I created commerce, commerce Kings podcast yeah. was to find the best of the best. It is, that's the sole reason for this entire podcast was to find the best of the best. And so we find the best coaches, the best events and the best books. And I love excellence. Podcast. 
I love that working from excellence, which is where I work from. Am I, am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I'm always looking for people that are invested not in perfection, but in excellence. Mm-hmm. And again, let's go back to Drew. Drew's invested in excellence. That's what drives him. It's one of the reasons he does so well. Yes. Yes. This has been fantastic. Uh, so everybody knows how to get a hold of you. JimFortin.com, F-O-R-T-I-N, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then your podcast, listen to you, get a hold of you. Uh, become a become a mentor of of Jim, as you can see. Like this man's laying down some powerful nuggets. I took a whole, I don't know if you can see this, but it's a whole sheet of of just notes from our. I don't even know where we're at. Thirty minutes of possibly of podcast. So, everyone, thanks for thanks for joining, Jim. We're gonna go behind the scenes here in just yep. a second. But if you want to say anything, let these guys go. That's fantastic. Yeah, go to the podcast. There's two places I want you to go. Yeah. Number one is, and this is even though I'm a marketer, I, I work from let let me serve. I don't work from achievement. I work from contribution. Go to my website, jimfortin.com, and download the Master Thought Formula. It's about a 90-minute video training. I don't sell anything in it. And what I show people how to do is separate you from your thinking. People get caught in their thinking. Let me give you some examples here. Somebody loses their job. They go into, I lost my job. I don't have any money. I can't pay my student loan. I can't pay my visa bill. Life is bad. I can't find a new job. What people never recognize is that they are the thinker of their thoughts, not the thought. When you recognize you're not the thought, that you're the thinker of your thought, that gives you dominion over the thought and you can separate yourself from the thought and choose new thoughts. I teach people how to do that step-by-step in the Master Thought Formula training at jimforton.com. Over at the podcast on iTunes, uh, just uh, look for my name, Jim Fortin. And I think it's episode number five or six and I talk about subconscious reprogramming and it's, it's a rather lengthy episode on step-by-step and then I recommend the book for people to get also. It's a classic on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Whatever you do, whoever's listening, whenever you're listening, the most valuable gift because you can heal yourself. Medicine proves this, science proves it. You can change anything you want by learning to change your subconscious paradigms. Go listen to that podcast episode. So that's what I wanna share. Appreciate it. Thanks everybody. Thanks. See you on the next episode.